0: Hello and welcome to episode 23 of the Liverpool Comedy Improvcast with me, Ian Luke-Jones. This is where we get to know the people who make up the LCI community and today's guest is the wonderfully versatile and talented Seki Tabas Suarez. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher and wherever else you get your podcasts. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a five star review and subscribe to the show to give us a boost and help get our name out there. Now it's time to go off script and find out Seki's true story about making stuff up. And please welcome this week's guest. She is one of the co founders of Glossop Improv, and she's a regular at LCI Online. Please welcome Seki.
1: Hello, everyone. Hello.
0: Uh, thank you for joining me on the podcast. My pleasure. I'm excited to give everybody this insight into your life.
1: Well, I'm happy to help. And I'm I'm one of LCI's biggest fans, and I've been listening to these podcasts. So, yeah, I'm just chuffed to be here.
0: Good. So, uh, there's lots for us to talk about. And mm. lots of the people listening will know you, but hopefully they'll go away from this knowing even more about you. And we're going to delve into things right now because I want to start, well, I want to jump straight in at the deep end and just say, what's your improv journey? How did you get into improv comedy?
1: Ah, well, like so many other improvisers, I was bitten early by the improv bug when I was a kid. So when I was a child, I saw Whose Line Is It Anyway? episodes and it blew my mind that it wasn't scripted. And I kept trying to get my, my playmates to do the different games with me you know like the hoedowns and the scenes from a hat and party quirks and and it was always a bit frustrating because it's a kind of mental level that they were not willing to join me on a lot of the times they just wanted to do the more active physical games uh, to do with running around and shooting things and pretending we're cooking things and so it wasn't it wasn't a great start it wasn't until years and years later when i ended up in the uk and i found that there was an emma bird running a six week course of improv as part of an acting course that i was on and so yeah and that's that's where it all began really in in re, in, in adult life
0: So how many years ago was that? Mm,
1: This was 2017, 2016, 2017.
0: Okay. So let's talk about you as a child. Mm. And then you say that you had this interest as a child and then you didn't think anything of it for quite a few years after. Did you have any sort of any involvement in performing arts? in those wilderness years?
1: Oh, yeah, actually, I think every single thing I did had a bit of improv in it. Anyway, I could be I could be telling a fib because because my parents asked me things that I didn't want to tell them or Mm -hmm. I could be in a classroom reporting on something I hadn't quite prepared for. Or I could be running my first workshop as an employee for a company where I'd do run training classes. It would be one thing or another, but improv was always laced through it. Uh, looking right. back, looking back, that is what I realized I'd been doing my whole life.
0: And you say that you you found the course that Emma Bird was running. Were you specifically looking for an improv course at the time?
1: No, no, so it it was happenstance, and it was a well, it was a happy accident because I realized. Oh yeah, it's not one of those unreachable, unattainable things that you watch on television. Regular folks like myself could do it. And uh, as it as it is, I uh, as an immigrant, I I was here thinking, wow, it, it comes easily. Um, it's brilliant. I can I can do it. I don't have, I don't have to have uh the confidence that comes later on when you've been a resident in in a country. For a certain amount of time it just it, it gave me a lot of confidence
0: and yeah. there's there's quite a few people i've spoken to that have done this course with emma the same one that you're talking about and one thing i haven't asked anyone else is what type of improv was it was it just short form fun or did you do longer form scenes as well
1: uh, we didn't get quite to the long form bit. Uh, Emma kept it nice and short and it was short form, short form in all all its glory. And at the same time, very, very, very easy to, easy to be part of short form, if you know what I mean. It was, you didn't have to be a brilliant, uh, aspiring comedian to be part of it. You just had to actually get that you were one of many, that you were in a group and you were all gonna work together. And that was, was probably the most important thing she was teaching and when you watch whose line is it anyway as a child you think it's people being brilliant Hmm. but then the moment you join an an emma bird type improv session you know that it's not going to work until all of you have a sort of hive mind thing where it's all about working together towards something yeah and that's that's perhaps what what really, what really bit me the second time, like the improv bug was well and truly in because, because I knew I I love collaborative things. And I've always felt that in in theater where I love being in that collaboration is there. And maybe this is why improv is such a good warm up for theater because because it's all the same thing. It's it's collaboration and you know you're in it together, so you have to be supportive of each other.
0: Uh one of the the great things about you and I spoke to Jess about this a few episodes back as well is so mm-hmm. you guys you run Glossop Improv together, but that is not the only place where people can find you guys improvising. You're both all over the place. You're taking courses all over the place. You're turning up to drop-ins all over the place and you're just sort of fully involved with the global Improv world and everything it has to offer.
1: Oh uh, yeah, yeah. That's the brilliant thing about Jess. Uh, she and I are kindred spirits in that we put so much emphasis on forever learning. Uh, we we believe in the same thing. I don't think you ever really learn enough. You just keep learning, and if you keep that mindset on, then improv will never exhaust what it can offer you. And every single blessed soul out there that you and of improvising with is a refreshing lesson. It could be extremes, like it could be someone whose style you've never encountered before and you puzzle at the technique and how you're gonna mesh together. But because of that encounter, then you're exposed to a different chemistry, a different dynamic. And this is like a little experimental, it's like, it mimics life you see because (laughs) if you can do it in a little improv scene with all kinds of people then who knows you just have to you just have to widen the net and this is real life this is how you cope with every single person you meet in real life whether it be difficult or easy or joyful or or sobering
0: and you spoke a bit about jess there and as I already mentioned, I did speak to Jess a few episodes back, and I heard her take on things on how Glossop Improv was started. I'd like to hear your point of view on that same version of events, please. That same story.
1: Ah, well, okay. <laughs> From my point of view, it went like this: Manchester is under an hour away by train, but neither Jess nor i was willing to go to manchester too often number one train journey fair number two ooh, what to do with winter number three we love it so much so we either we either budget more and spend a lot more money investing in in, in improv or we could do what any any enterprising and enthusiastic improvisers going to do in a little town. You start your own group, make it accessible, not only to yourselves, but to create a community in the town. And this is how we, we did it. We found enough like-minded people who lived in Glossop in, in the before times. <laughs> and Yeah, we were a, a merry little band of, of improvisers. So we started out at the theater and we moved to the upstairs of a pub and and it became a nice lovely little social ritual every Friday. And I think it's 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 been really good for all of the people in our community to be part of.
0: And when you very first set up and you said you found these like-minded people, how did you find them? Did you advertise?
1: Yes, to begin with, because Jess and I met at the local theatre, the Partington Players Theatre, because we met there we started asking people to come show up at improv workshops. We, uh, we 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 realized that the name of the game was to be constant, regular, and just be there on a Friday. And, and once you make that a, a standard, then people will just show up more and more. There were days when there were only four people, five people, and then there were some really lovely days where there were like 15, upwards of 15 wow. people all showing up, yeah, it it all depends on the weather, which if you live in Glossop can span all four seasons in one day
0: mm-hmm.
1: and the traffic, which in a town like Glossop uh, can really put off some people who need to drive to, to the event. Uh, J- Jess also introduced things like, summer parties in our first few months she arranged it so we'd have like a proper show type thing and we prepared food and people came uh from as far away as manchester took the train into gossip to check us out we advertised online and uh, yeah that's that's the brilliant thing about um having two different kinds of minds at work. Jess was, is always very strong in the admin stuff and mm. arranging. And, and she and I went around gossip leafleting. Is that the word? No, flyering. Flyering. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we went to the train station. We went into establishments and asked if we could put, put the, put our flyers up on their walls. And yeah, the businesses were quite, were quite accommodating. And that's how we did it very slowly and, and just steadily.
0: So you mentioned uh, the before times.
1: <laughs>
0: We're now living in the, I guess, the current times, the the mm, now. The 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 not-
1: of, yeah, it's kind of transitioning or trying to transition back to a sort of real-life improv thing again. It's a very, in many ways, awkward phase, unprecedented, of course.
0: Yeah. But this this last year, improv has... Has moved online. I just want to talk to you about that. How do you feel about improv online?
1: Improv online, but you know this more than anyone else. Improv online basically, I would say, saved my life in many ways because we started Gossip Improv just a couple of years ago. We've just had a second birthday as a group. Happy birthday. And thank you. Thank you very much. And in the first year, it, it was lovely, an, an exploration, a really lovely project. And then I guess you could say tragedy struck in my life in 2020, just before the pandemic started, I lost my husband uh, and that was really quite tough. And for a while, because of the pandemic, it was just lying low and and just tried to deal with everything a day at a time, but then, um, a lovely friend named Bridget kept asking me to come out and play hmm. uh, in what she called ooh, improv online. She said, it's Zuprov, it's, it's all online, it's Emma Bird. She said, Emma Bird's running these classes and I'm really enjoying myself. And Seki, come out and play and you love it, you'll enjoy it. And she was absolutely relentless. Um, and finally, finally, early uh, spring to summer last year, I finally said, go on then, I'll give it a go. And it was really nice. I I love the people at Liverpool Comedy Improv. I love the community that was built there. I've met so many nice people <laughs> there, present company included. <laughs> and yeah, that was last summer, wasn't it? To that I met everyone at LCI. And I was so eager to then contribute what I'd learned there. In the Glossop Improv community,
0: and the Glossop Improv community, as you said earlier, it was just a you know a relatively small group of, of locals. Sometimes you, you'd get about fifteen, upwards of fifteen, but a lot of the time you'd get sort of five, six, seven. Mm. How would you say the Glossop Improv community has changed over the last year?
1: Oh, massively, massively, and that's a really good point to to bring up because what's happened is it's gone completely online and now we've got the likes of um improvisers from yorkshire from liverpool from further afield from india of all places and people can drop drop by anytime they want if it's if you know whatever timeline they're not timeline time zone whatever time zone they're in if they're having you know a lull in their week and it happens to be 7 p.m. British Summer Time. They can they can pop round and 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 have uh, an hour and a half with us, and it's it's improv magic. So it's expanded. It's expanded. Uh, people I have not met in real life join Gossip Improv regularly, and I am very fond of them. Uh, they're regulars. Some of them are regulars now, and and it feels like I've known them for ages and that's that's one of the most brilliant things that happened to gossip improv in in this otherwise uh, bizarre uh, pandemic
0: (laughs) so you said that you think that in many ways it's saved your life over the last year and lots of people listening to this they'll know you as well as they know me and they'll know that we are a couple and (laughs) I don't want to turn this this interview into into a big, <laughs> <laughs> so romantic back and forth. But do you want to just give a brief description of your version of events? How we sort of first met online?
1: Yeah, it would have been Wednesday evenings at Emma's Zoom improv. There was evening classes, and I was in that class with you and the others. There was um, fellow akers stew and. And Bridget and Heather, and all the people who then went on to have intermediate classes with us um yeah i think I think it was very apparent early on that we we kept on being peas in a pod, yeah, we kept having mind meld moments, and I, I as I remember telling the friends I was keeping in touch with online I would say. There's a Peter Pan in my improv class and Mm -hmm. he seems to have kept a little bubble of just childlike wonder about him. And and that is what caught my attention about you. And uh, it's been it's been lovely ever since.
0: Yeah, well, it's certainly made my life a thousand times better than it was before. And I already had a good life, so.
1: you're just saying that because I'm making you a cup of tea after.
0: <laughs> also, I should uh, point out, this is the first time I've recorded a podcast interview where I'm actually in the same building as someone. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> Even though we're on Zoom still, because that's how I record the podcast. We are we are in separate rooms, but we're in the same house right now.
1: That's a little strange, isn't it? <laughs> uh,
0: you mentioned there as well, the oikas. you mentioned not oh, hmm. Oikas, buddy stew. Uh, but just the Oikas in general. I've had a few Oikas on the podcast in the past, so Ooh. regular listeners will know who the Oikas are, but there's always a chance that this is the first time someone's listening to the podcast. So, do you want to just give us your brief explanation of what the Oikas are?
1: Oh, yeah, of course. So, I mentioned the intermediate class t- uh, that we went on uh, with LCI and this group of really quirky funny people um and i think it's a common story amongst uh, groups this is how you discover each other you're going to be in a class Mm -hmm. and the bond is so strong and you you realize you want to carry on and be your own group that's that's how it begins often doesn't it in a class the the bonds form and the cooperation is such that you think oh we can do this beyond the class let's do something let's do something really cool and the Oikers were literally born out of a typo, <laughs> <laughs> Heather's, Heather's typo of uh, cherry pickers, I believe. And in that particular session, Emma worked it into our our scenes and callbacks, and it just stuck, just like bourbon sweats and things like that, so um, <laughs> we became the Oikers. My phone still tries to correct me when I refer to the ogre, Oikers, it says pickers. So sort of the opposite is happening, but <laughs> yeah, we're, we've are we got our own website now and we're aiming to hit the ground running as soon as we can do this in real life. Um, and we are going to um, have a lovely little session with Gossip Improv in the next week or so. It might already have happened by the time this airs. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think this interview goes out maybe a week after that has happened, but people can still go Mm -hmm. back and and find that show on the Glossop Improv uh, website, uh, on the Facebook page, and they'll be able to see the Oikers in action there with some of the Glossop Improv crew, Mm -hmm. who actually, uh, a lot of the Glossop Improv crew that will be taking part are actually a big part of the LCI crew as well because they're regulars at LCI and the LCI sessions.
1: Yes, yeah, Uh, that's right. The Oikers, I must say, Because, right, so I've explored so many communities, when improv went online, I've been able to do this, thankfully, Um, I've gotten to know people based on the courses they run the groups that they're, they, they, they're a part of, and the Oikers stand out for me in a way that it's it's just short form in all the all the ways I need short form to be. And uh, you've got an, an exciting range of personalities that that just hit the right spot Um enough enough variety in personalities and, and techniques and styles but all with the same sort of carefully nurtured respect and courtesy that you you need an improv and, and an intuitive way of supporting each other
0: yeah i think It is important that groups have a variety of characters like you said because in the Oikas, for example yes we we cross over on certain things and the 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 similarities Mm -hmm. and then there's other things where we're all very different because if everyone was just there sort of giving exactly the same kind of of humor or approaching scenes exactly the same way then that would probably be not that exciting to watch but because we've all got this different way of thinking and a slightly different Mm -hmm. take on things and how we mesh that together i think that's the sort of Mm -hmm. the real magic of a a good troupe i think
1: yeah yeah i completely agree and and it's a really wonderful world out there as well Um, i've i've gotten to explore the likes of the improv place with chris mead and katie shoot um gossip improv and friends have really introduced me to just the other night, uh, Murder Cats, uh, Getter Room, uh, Vintage Improv, um, Liz Allen International Fan Club, <laughs> things mm-hmm. like that. I, I've gotten to meet David Escobedo in real life, which is really cool. Uh, one of our trips to Chester when we finally caught him, <laughs> we got to meet him and his lovely wife, Monica. So this is, um, it's opened a door to me, this improv, it's offered me a way forward in that you know, life has more to offer. When things end, life is still there. It, it says, "Here's another chapter. Do what you want with it. It's all up to you. It's it's how you accept these presents from the universe <laughs> that matters. And I choose to. I choose to meet it with open arms. Uh, onwards and upwards. Uh, can't let it get you down. Whatever." horrible tragic thing happens to you in life you your what's within your control is what matters
0: so what does improv mean to you uh,
1: improv means getting up improv means the art of knowing how to get up after a fall improv means acceptance improv means constant Learning improv means constantly discovering improv means love improv means camaraderie improv means diversity if 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 you if you're like me in exploring the improv community, it's amazing the kinds of people you're going to meet it's amazing the personalities the humor the new ones you can you can you can gush and uncover all over the place this is probably why a select group of us are apprehensive about things going back in real life to to real life situations because obviously the improv online will taper off a little bit Um so it requires a bit a different kind of bravery to go back out there and if you're in my age range, you're in the bit where you've got half the vaccine and you've not got the second one yet. And if you're a little bit of a hypochondriac like I am,
0: <laughs>
1: just a little bit, you you want to stay a bit like a hermit. And um, and I I have my apprehensions, but uh, thankfully, I think there will be a constant presence of improv online because i think people have have realized what a gold mine it is that you can reach people continents away and still connect to them with using this art form
0: yeah and with online improv i know long form has really been given a spotlight that i don't think it it had quite so much beforehand and Mm. what's your take on long form and and how has the lockdown situation sort of enlightened you with long form
1: oh gosh long form um it is let's say it it overlaps three really cool things i love it overlaps the part of me that is an actor um, and it also appeals totally to my, uh, to the part of me that is a writer and the part of me that is an improviser because you're constantly inventing things. You have a narrative to enrich, a narrative to add to, and you are doing this with another person. Or a group of people, and the magic that can happen there—like all you have to do is go to Gossip Improv and Friends, and go to the Murder Cats, and the way they created this amazing world-building thing just the other evening—and it's uh, it's inspiring, and it actually gets the creative juices flowing. And yeah, it, three wonderful worlds that crisscross just because of just because of long form. I think it's great. That's a really good that's a really good thing that's happened in the last year because I've always been a bit of a short form um that's my comfort zone short form but long form wow this is where I can expand and develop
0: And when you were back home in the Philippines was there anything on offer improv wise
1: To be honest I had never searched In fact uh one of the coolest improvisers I've ever met there's Jay and then more recently at the improv place, I've met people like Anna, uh, Gamboa. It, these are people who must have been, yeah, they, they've been, they've been at it for years. I never crossed paths with them while I was in the Philippines. And I'm glad that I did. And again, the irony of it is that I'm not in my country anymore
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and I discovered Jay and the others um, here online during a pandemic.
0: Yeah, that's what I wanted to talk to you about, actually. How how sort of weird it is that here hmm. you are living in Glossop in the UK and then you're able to connect with these people in the Philippines doing this thing that you love.
1: Yeah, it's brilliant. Um, there are Asian improvisers out there that I completely look up to. So there's George and Jay. And the others uh, who come from my country there's helena from south korea she's really been out there she in the before times she was out there in america learning from people that she gave oh i can learn from them from from these these um really cool institutions of improv and then you've got the likes of ari ari who who is is like a bundle of Uh, everything creative and um i did i did a couple of scenes with him where we talked about status and how that it how that influences improvisers and ari doodles people as well he's he's an artist and ari can cook and loves food unapologetically loves food and yeah these are all the asians i would have ironically never never encountered had it not been for online improv exploding the way it did
0: uh speaking of ari and speaking of food let's just take a moment to talk about improvisers talking about food <laughs> can we get your take <laughs> on that group on facebook please
1: uh that's the rabbit hole that often beckons to me <laughs> i just end up going these are so funny there's something really cool about a really big group of, of improvisers, not quite improvising, but talking about food. But in that sense, they are improvising. You get the coolest sound bites. You get the most refreshing approaches to cooking, and cuisine in general, uh, complete with all the memes and the and the the variety of human points of view, and all of it just because of food. It's I think it's I think it's genius. And probably one of the best groups I've ever joined on Facebook.
0: I like the term sound bites when talking about food because I just pitch it. It's literally just sounds of people biting into things.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's that too.
0: <laughs> um, so we've spoken about short form. We've spoken about long form and mm-hmm. your love of both. If you had to choose one or the other, which would you go for?
1: Ah, uh, well, I wouldn't have to choose, would I? I'm in a world where I can have both. I'll take, I'll choose the best of both.
0: I should um, I should just explain. If people can hear lots of banging in the background, there's uh, there's workmen outside the house uh, transporting a lot of heavy things, <laughs> putting them into the back expressing,
1: of a lorry. Expressing their own sound bites.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just want to focus on short form for a short time. Uh, because I love the funny side of improv and you are a very funny person you've made laugh many a time you've made uh, the oikas laugh and other people in jams laugh many a time with your quirky approach to scenes so I just want to talk to you about comedy influences do you have any people that you look up to and think oh yeah they they influence me as a comedian (laughs) Oh,
1: I did not expect this question. Right. Well, I might uh, okay. So <laughs> I started from a very I guess American influenced comedy uh, style in my youth. When I was when I was an angry 20 or so year old, I had George Carlin in the background sort of doing his George Carlin thing. And he was always on the angry side. And so it it went very well with that part of my life. And now, after I moved to the UK and discovered QI, Would I Lie to You and all the panel shows with all the quirky British comedians, I felt that the new ones they offered was where I was going now. Um, I I remember discovering the likes of James Acaster, Hmm. And I, I remember watching Dad's Army, like just uh, inhaling all of it. Um, I remember just the the British culture has so much to offer <laughs> in terms of silliness. I mean, way back when I was young in the in in the Philippines, um, i I'd, ar- I'd already discovered um, I'd already discovered like Life of Brian yeah. and most of the Monty Python stuff. And I thought that was amazing. But then that was one little nook and this entire thing opened up when I arrived here and I, I, I saw all these British comedians. Um, the range was really cool and I've, I've embraced all of it. So I'll say all of them, all of them. <laughs> <in place.
0: laughs> and growing up in the Philippines, how accessible were shows like Monty Python?
1: I I would say that it was a little niche to discover Monty Python in the Philippines. We have our own brand of humor over there. Uh, so I had to dig deep to find Monty Python style things. I didn't discover the likes of, you know, like the Spike Milligan's of the world. I didn't, you wouldn't, it's not something you readily come across in the Philippines. All right. uh, Stephen Fry, just because he went completely global in his, you know, his his personality, um reached me sooner. Um Rowan Atkinson and his Mr. Bean thing was just it's 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 universal. The Filipinos love Mr. Bean.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, you know, things like that. But then Black Adder came later. Yeah. So yeah. So it really depends on what you're willing to to um explore. In this day and age though, it's easy with one YouTube a YouTube algorithm can ex- can expose <laughs> all of those to you. I grew up in pre-YouTube times, so it was VHS stuff and CDs. If you remember what those were, <laughs> <laughs> CDs and DVDs and stuff. Yeah.
0: So you mentioned watching Who's Line when you were young. Was that something that was quite nation difficult to find?
1: It was in one of um, those those channels on television. So I guess you just needed the kind of cable TV subscription that had those channels that aired aired Whose Line? Yeah. So if you were a TV head, you you came across Whose Line Is It Anyway.
0: <laughs> and would you consider yourself the funny one out of your siblings?
1: Oh, yes and no, because there are three of us and we have very different styles of humour. I would say that in our native tongue, which is the island, the the tongue of the island that we all grew up in. I'd say my oldest sister is hilarious. Mm -hmm. Uh, And my younger sister, it's a completely different ball game with her. So we each have our different worlds and we're each funny in different ways. Mine, I think, verged on silly. And I would say that it grew out of a reaction to early, Bullying, I would say. Right. I I used improv to deflect the kinds of nasty things that little children can say to other children, and I I, I would say that improv, uh, an improvised way of just dealing with these barbed words, was my way of dealing with things, and. I think it's probably encapsulated in, I, I've told you this already about uh, SpongeBob SquarePants. When I saw this little scene where somebody, somebody in, tried to insult SpongeBob and said, you, let's say you, you, you talk like a girl or something. Somebody told him, you talk like a girl, SpongeBob. And he said, yes, but am I a pretty girl? <laughs> and that, I think, is how improv got me out of the whole oh, the bully is trying to do that to you. So what you do or say or think after the bully has said that to you will determine how you recover from such an attack. Um, And so my humor grew out of that. I turned it into a humorous thing, which is probably why when I got to the UK and saw all the self-deprecating humor, I thought, (laughs) yeah, I'm in my element. I love it
0: yeah it's it's a really important message that you've just given there i i do something similar with the children that i teach and it's because mm. when i was younger i had a, a visual impairment that mm. meant that there was something that sort of a bullying mentality could very easily latch onto and i found mm. from a very young age if you just own those flaws own those things that that people might make fun of you for and then make fun of yourself before other people make fun of you because where can they go after that mm. or take what they say to you have a witty response to give back and then that that sort of just kills it there and then because they've got no power over you because you've just instantly shown them doesn't matter what you say to me I, I, i've got better words to say back to you and yeah so what you can poke fun at this thing that i've already poked fun at yeah big deal yeah
1: exactly <laughs> and i think the The amazing thing is, this is echoed in a, one of the J. Suco courses that I signed up for last year. And it was brilliant. He basically gave a three-dimensional improv context version of uh, Kill Them With Kindness and it can work in improv scenes where you have a very strange partner in front of you like he, he he armed us with how to deal with something like that and in in real life you need that sort of thing as well there'll always be that abrasive person you meet so he he taught us a really good improv uh a technique there I, I loved being in that course uh both jess and i were in that course and it was um yeah you take away the barbs if if the bully hits you with thorns and all of those nasty things uh let him do it they they can't hit you if you, you beat them to it you accept mm-hmm. yeah well, right uh visually impaired yeah or short and stumpy right whatever yeah i've, I've beaten you to it and you know what as long as I'm short and stumpy and happy, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um,
1: and then nothing they say can hurt you. They'd have to physically hurt you
0: yeah.
1: uh, to t- take it to that level for you. For you know things to escalate to that level. But then really, this you take the steam out of them. I'm I even kind of. I'm. I'm also averse to the whole insult the bully back. Uh, to me, that's. If the score is one to the bully, zero to you, if you insult the bully back, then you're given a score of one to bullying and zero to yeah. you. So you, it's up to you to rise up above, you know, beyond that and, and uh, just not be affected by it. It's that simple, I think.
0: Well, those are some inspirational words, which leads me on to my next question, which is who inspires you in life, just in life in general, Is there anyone in particular that you really look up to that you hold in very high esteem and think, yeah, that is someone that I want to live my life like, or just little bits of?
1: Ah, well, do you know how, um, and I'll mention my, I'll mention my dearly departed husband here. The wonderful thing about him is that he read so much and learned so much about the world, traveling around it, that he learned to take the best bits out of every philosophy and every religion. And he managed to kind of weave it around sort of loosely based stoicism, where it was all about respect and kindness and open mindedness, as much as you can muster, even if you are naturally uh, dramatic or uh, an impatient person. You take all that and you make that work for you so this is how i approach people i think that every single person no matter how miserable or dour or flawed there will be that one blazing part of that person that will really call out to me and i'll hook onto that i will focus on that and see how it makes that person amazing i will take that with me and keep it and and file it and i will use that to inspire me um, in in life, I think every single person has that. So all you have to do is find it.
0: Wonderful. Just about stoicism you mentioned there. Hmm. I know you're you're a big fan of stoicism. Can you just go into a bit more detail as to what stoicism is for the listeners <laughs> that aren't sure?
1: Ah, oh, how do I describe it in a nutshell? Um, stoicism to me is taking or understanding what is within your control in your life, focusing on that. Um, If there's ever a part of you that wants to judge other people or say, ah, this is not on," or that's not fair. You have to then apply that to yourself. You just have to make sure you're not feeding into that. That's my attitude. So I always turn it into, I say this about you now, but um, let me find a part in my life where I have been guilty of that and I will make sure that I will never do what you've just done because that's what's in my control and to me that's stoicism just the idea that um you have your own life to to better you have your own life to improve and to constantly like vigilantly keep at it because you will never be perfect but you can only work on the things that that call out to you and say hey fix this part of yourself and yeah yeah and i use it to i use it to temper myself i use it to guard against my own prejudices and biases and all the things that are that make me flawed and it's a constant it's an everyday thing it's done every day it's a constant battle (laughs)
0: Well, thanks for sharing that. It seems like a wonderful place to end our interview. But just before we finish, do you have anything you want to plug? Do you want to tell people where they can find you on social media?
1: Hmm. Well, I'm constantly with the Oikers on a Wednesday, and we're really hoping to put on a show soon. I am with Glossip Improv on a Friday, every Friday and whenever i can i join uh, liverpool comedy improv and any other course that i feel i can budget for and make it to <laughs>
0: um
1: to learn something Uh we've got this david Escobedo course coming up that yeah. you and i are going to in june yeah. so i'm looking forward to that and i'm currently in another intermediate course uh, with with emma bird so i'm really enjoying that and yeah, come find me on Glossop Improv and we'll it'll be fun. Probably. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, it Unless will be
1: you're fun. a bully. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it will be fun, definitely. Not yes, probably, definitely. definitely. So, yeah, <laughs> if people are interested in uh, checking out Seki, go to the Glossop Improv Facebook page. There's loads of videos from previous shows on there, and there's loads of information for upcoming shows and about their weekly drop ins so yeah gossip mm-hmm. improv facebook page it's the place to go also,
1: also i feel that this is not said enough in your podcast shows i feel that people should retain that wonderful childlike quality that you have ian luke jones
0: oh well thank you very much <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how to, how to end from that um, <laughs> but yeah uh, who knew that uh not growing up would would fare me so well in life <laughs> uh well thank you very much it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you and it'll be an even bigger pleasure to to finish a recording and come downstairs and have a cup of tea with you
1: Yeah, <laughs> um, lovely i have a digestive as well
0: lovely okay well thank you very much and take care Well, there we go. Thank you very much to Seki. Have to say, we were both a little apprehensive about recording this. That's why I've been putting this episode off for a while because it's kind of a weird situation uh, us being in a relationship. But I really wanted to give her the platform, the same way that all of the members of the LCI community uh, get this platform to come and talk. And I'm really pleased uh, that we actually got around to doing this interview she truly is a wonderful improviser don't just take my word for it ask anyone uh, on the improv scene that's encountered her she's a wonderful uh, person to play with and she is a wonderful person uh, to facilitate as well she she really cares about the art form and if you ever get the chance to just talk about improv with her then uh, you are in for a real treat she's a a true fountain of knowledge so thank you very much for listening and thank you very much to Seki for um, going through that with me and uh, being so open and honest in everything that she said Now, if you're interested in getting into improv or are already involved in improv and want to try out a different improv scene, then all the info you need can be found at www.liverpoolcomedyimprov.co.uk. You can also check us out on Facebook by searching for Liverpool Comedy Improv. And on Twitter and Instagram, we are at Improv. Don't forget, we've got a Facebook page now as well, so you can check out... Liverpool Comedy Improv Facebook page and you can see all the announcements to do with the show we post trailers there every Thursday for new episodes and new episodes drop every Monday and the links are all there on the Facebook page for you and if you're a member of the LCI community and you would like to be a guest on the show then please get in touch with me or with Emma Bird and we will make the arrangements as soon as possible don't forget if you're listening on Apple Podcasts then please give us a five-star rating, review the show, because everything like that helps to boost our name, to really help get the show out there. Any help you can give us would be very much appreciated. If you're interested in checking me out on social media and finding out what I'm getting up to, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search for Ian Luke Jones and you'll find me my youtube page in particular there's all sorts of content on there to entertain you or to give you food for thought so please check out my youtube channel check out some of my videos and like and subscribe if you do indeed like what you see so there we go that is the end of another fantastic episode it's been an absolute pleasure for me to bring this show to you today and before we go as always I want to leave you with some words that are wise, wise, wise. Always remember, whatever the situation, to treat life like improv and yes and.